Hey, this is Odie McConnell, director of Kung Fu and Titties. It's not porn, it's just great. And you're listening to the first installment of Spirican Movie Review's Month of Karate, Kempo, and Kung Fu Masters, brought to you by Kung Fu and Titties. If you don't already want to see this film, you're probably gay. Hello, folks. This is Eddie Arcadian, the video game king, coming to you live from Arcadian Studios. And I'm here to tell you about our wonderful new product. Wait, what was that? Sorry, boss. God, 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 God. What is wrong with you, bozos? Can't you see I'm recording a promotion for our new product? Sorry, boss. It was just, it was really heavy and I was... Shut up! When I found you, you were nothing. And you're still nothing. But, but I was just trying to... What is wrong with you? Boss, you just told me to, to hold the box and I just, was just trying just, to... Just quiet, I gotta think. Now I'm gonna give you one warning. And if you don't listen, you're going to the tank. Not the tank. Not the tank. I mean, well, I'll listen, I'll listen, I'll listen. So warning. This podcast contains adult language, mature situations, a mystical belt buckle, the final level of martial arts, an unintentional musical... Bruce, Bruce Leroy. Leroy, the ability to catch bullets with your teeth, and the baddest mofo down this block. Show sure off. Now remember, listener discretion is advised. You get that? Yes, sir. Episode 52. Hi! Everybody was Kung Fu fighting! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Movie Review. This is your host, Zahn, saying, Watcha! And this is Zoro with the Sonic Boom! Yes, we're here for a very special episode because this is the first episode in our month of <laughs> Karate, Kempo, and Kung Fu Masters, a very special theme month, which is being brought to us by Kung Fu and Titties, a movie every red-blooded American should watch. Yes. What's better in life than Kung Fu Titties? Maybe if you had a beer. 
but Kung Fu Entities is pretty badass. Yes, and you see Kung Fu Entities in this movie. And a gorilla. And a gorilla who has titties, too. Kung Fu titties. But that's only one of the many things we're going to be talking about in this very special theme month. Because there's such things we should talk about in Kung Fu, including fists to the face, kicks to the face, headbutts to the face, elbows to the face. Yes. And kicks to the junk. Knees to the junk. And other awesome Kung Fu moves. I will beat you with my fist to face technique. Try my nuts to your fist technique. <laughs> At least it's not like the one guy in the kids in the hall thing. He just was like, I will beat you with my my special... I forgot his name, but it was pretty much... he get This little short guy would get in a fight with anybody. And his whole technique is just to look at the guy and go... <laughs> and run at them, and they knock him out. He's like, fine, I'll get up again. <laughs> that would suck really bad. Yeah, that's that's like my nuts to fist technique. <laughs> now... Before we get into our movie, we have to talk a little bit about, and before we even talk about what our podcast and all this stuff is about, we should really talk about, well, first of all, let me give you all the information. You can check us out at www.spyrokin.com. You can email us, spyrokinmovie at gmail.com, zan at spyrokin.com. Yep. And also, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com or on Facebook on our Spyrokin Movie Review Group and all everything else in our show notes. So, now we should get into that part we were talking about, which is what makes a kung fu movie good. Yes. What makes a kung fu movie good? Um, you have to have a master. That's one of the things that makes a kung fu movie good. You have to have a girl. I, I'm sorry, but usually it's a guy who's a kung fu master. So let's say a girl or a guy. You have to have a significant other. There has to be like a little bit of like a love story in every kung fu movie. So it has to be a master. It has to be a bad guy. It has to be a master like chief or like... You know, yes, you also have that bad guy who's either he's a former student of the master who's turned or he's abandoned or something else. Exactly. And or he's like a drug dealer or like a big like you know pimp or something like that. Yes, you also need to have one of two options. You either have hardcore kung fu fight sequences or it's a gimmick kung fu. For example, you have like Drunken Master or you have They Call Me Fat Dragon where it's, he, it's food foo or... Some... But either way, even like the gimmick kung fu is still pretty hardcore kung fu. Like they still know how to do some stuff that you're just like, how can someone... But what about Filthy Guy where his whole kung fu is his dirty fucking toupee is his weapon? What do you call that? As a dirty death technique? <laughs> At least it's not pale kung fu. Oh, I will use my dirty toupee to kick your ass. Yes, also it needs to either have a really terrible dub, or it's gotta be subtitled. Yes, uh, what I like is I like the dub where the guy's lips are moving for a good minute, and then they go, ah! <laughs> Now, I will attack you, and then, ah! <laughs> and the guy's lips are moving the whole entire time, and you hear three words, now. I will. I ah! Also, you need to have insane just wire work, or you just have to have moves which are just so ridiculous and strange. It makes it even that much better. For example, you have the guy doing the kick for like 200 feet when he's like three feet away. Yeah. <laughs> or you got the guy who's running at the other guy. He's running, and it seems like it's like that scene from I hate to bring up my Python, my Python, where Lancelot's running up. It goes back to the camera, and the guys are sitting there eating. That goes back to Lancelot. He's running. He's running. It's and the same spot. And he starts drinking. And he starts eating. And he starts taking sleep. And then he goes back. And then suddenly he's there, and he just kills them. Exactly. It's like that. But you have like the flying kicks like that. It's like for 10 minutes he's just going Wah! What was that resource? Like the the um I just had a brain fart. The Which one? one? The, 
Kung Fu Hustle? No, no, no. We were kids. What's the movie? The Lion Maru. Lion Maru. Ah! That's Tokusatsu, that's but that's the same thing. thing. We're eventually going to do that because there's actually 56 episodes of that series. Holy shit! So uh, Mike Den found it. He's going to email it to us. Nice. Mike nice. Den, please send us Lion Maru. Do 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 do. Yes. Also, mystical weapons, strange things, devil gods, and also just complete anarchy. Now, you have differences between. Oh, also, they have to be shot. Numerous times. I mean, because you have a lot of the Shaw Brothers stuff that were shot like 20 times in like the same day, like uh, Five Deadly Venoms and then the Cripple Avengers, aka Five Deadly Venoms 2. Yeah. Same actors, but they're playing completely different characters. Yeah. Which a lot of these older films are much better, but then you have things like Rumble in the Bronx and uh, Kiss of the Dragon, which are the more modern kung fu movies, which you can say are maybe. Ninja Assassin, I guess, is a modern kung fu movie. That's pretty ridiculous. No, that's a good one. But and again, they just asked it. What is there? There's a love story. There's a bad guy. There's a ridiculous chi- like ridiculous fighting scenes, and there's a master who's trained by his pupil who now is coming to kill his master. Yes, the same and thing with Warriors great, Way. Great, same thing. Great kung fu movie. And there has to be some strange, absurd character who's just ridiculous. One thing ridiculous. about Ninja Assassin, though, is I'm sorry, is that, like, Ninja Assassin is up there as one of the most gory movies I've ever seen. Like, there's parts where they just cut people in half. You just see, like, like... You haven't seen Duel to <laughs> eight, the Death, ten. have you? Which one? Duel to the Death with Super with Ninja Voltron. I have not seen that. Six ninjas go together to become Ninja Voltron. Wow. I've watched that And at the ending of the movie, they end up killing... They, they don't kill each other, but they end up cutting... Well... That's for the ninja. That's for the duel to the death episode. Yes, we will say that, but it is ridiculous. Uh, or what is it? Um. Well, anyway, uh, and it's not most ninja films or kung fu films are not yakuza films. You don't confuse them. They're two completely different things. The yakuza films are the ones like Danny the Dog, or Infernal Affair, or Better Tomorrow, generally starring um, Chow Young Fat. You know, where you have the whole doves in the air and all that. That's not a kung fu movie. Kung fu movie also should be a period piece. Modern ones really don't work, except for example, this film is a modern day kung fu movie. Yeah. Has all things. And so let's get into that. Now, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Movie Review, where we reviewed a horrible, terrible movie starring Nicolas Cage as Revenant, we rolled the Dodecahedron movies and dictated on this. I'll be reviewing one of the greatest movies from 1985. And this movie is a staple in most New Yorkers, in most minorities. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'd say most people of the tri-state area have this movie, have seen this movie, enjoyed this movie. Have it on Blu-ray. Exactly. (laughs) It's funny because, like, this movie, like, I don't know if it was considered a blockbuster, but it's just one of those movies that you kind of have to have in your um, uh, collection of films. So, yeah. It's partially ridiculous. It is. But All it's, right, so right. the suspense is killing our audience. So we'll get into so. that in a moment. First of all, this movie is directed by Michael Schultzer, who did Disorderlies and Live in Large. Live in Large, mm. Live in Large. That movie was not that good, though. The one where they, the Disorderlies he was a pretty good movie. That was with the Fat Boys, back with the, if you remember the Fat Boys. Yeah. It shows your age a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, and that was produced by Barry Gordy, who, for those of you who don't know, he's a big-time music producer for Motown Records. Exactly, yeah. is, is he still around? Um... I'm not sure we didn't look up his biography, but I believe so. I think he... Uh, let's, let's check. Let's see if he's still around. I think... Uh, yeah, he's still alive, but he's 81 years old. He worked with the Jackson 5, The Supreme, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, The Miracles, Rockwell. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah, the Jackson 5, that's pretty big. Also worked with uh, Vanity, which actually makes a lot of sense because she is... Uh, 
Oh. I was about to say it makes sense that um uh, because some of the people like Chico the Bars is probably in this movie probably worked with Chico the Bars stuff like yeah that, he so. did a lot of people in this movie and this movie also was besides being directed it was written by him and it's starring a bunch of people who most of you don't know like Vanity who was one of the MTV DJs mm. and she also had a big record career you had smoking hot by the way smoking yes yeah, she even now to the to yeah. today's standards she's still hot you had Leon O'Brown you had Faith Prince. Christopher Murney, then Julius Carey. And you see this guy in real life. He is taller than me and Zorro put together. He's like seven foot three, and he's the most conservative looking guy ever. He looks like a freaking Republican. Seven foot three? Wow. He's a tall huge. guy. But then you see him in this movie. First off, you think he has lips. He doesn't have lips. That's actually how tall he is. But he has the fro of injustice in this movie. Wow. He is crazy looking in this. He all now, unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago, which is a shame, but he was badass. He was too he was was he the prettiest? He was not. Was he the toughest? He definitely was not. But he was the baddest mofo around this town, that's for sure. Yes, he was. And then starring Tamik, who pretty much has done nothing besides this, except maybe he was in Bloodsport as a background character, and he was on uh, different strokes. And this movie came out in 1985, <laughs> was budgeted at $10 million, and made twenty-five. Wow, so that's, that's a success, I'd say. That's, that's a big good. That's you know, a big success. Good film. And the movie we're time for the time was good. Yeah, and the movie we're talking about is You are the last dragon. Nibor has the power of the glow. And you'll never hear me say that sound ever again, but that's how good this movie is. I don't know, I'm not gonna get to my review later, but this is one of my movies from a child, The Last Dragon. Leroy, <laughs> Bruce Leroy, Bruce Leroy, <laughs> and uh, of, it's just of Papa, of Papa, Papa Green's, <laughs> Papa Green's Pizza, direct to your pizza, Daddy's Green's Pizza, pizza. yeah, baby. <laughs> yes, this movie is a cult classic. A lot of people think this is a terrible term. We like most reviewers hate this movie, but it was a financial success. And this movie is released by TriStar, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. Do they exist, TriStar? Yeah, they're they're now gone. They're now Sony Pictures, but. Now, this movie opens up actually with one of the coolest montage sequences ever, because it's actually a training sequence. Yeah, if you look at the very beginning, it actually, like, has a real serious film vibe. The Leroy's there, and he's, his, his, his master is shooting arrows at him, and the arrows are flying by, and he's, like, breaking arrows, and, going, and it's like, it, for, for cinematography is actually pretty decent. And he's also movie. going through a huge obstacle course, and... It's he a, looks pretty badass. He looks like a guy you, you don't want to see in the street because he'll probably kick your ass. But. Yeah, he seems like a yeah. He's he's completely diesel. He's kicking ass, and he ends up beating this obstacle course. And it turns out that this is actually his final test. He doesn't know it's his final test. The masters always give him tests. And anyway, he shoots arrows with different colors, different colors, and finally, he shoots an arrow with a certain color on it, and Leroy catches that instead of breaking as it flies through the air. And the master asks him a question. How did you know that arrow was coming? He says, I didn't. I just, it just felt like it was coming. The master at that point says, okay, your time is up. That's it. And he thinks, Leroy thinks that the master's upset with him. When actually the master's proud of him. It's his final test. He's saying that he's reached the next level. And the whole entire movie, Ice Dragon, is what does reaching the next level mean. And Yeah, because he re- rips off his emblem, which is on his shirt. Which is his the highest rank, and he said you're beyond this, and it's a circle. You mm-hmm. started here, and you're back to where you started, but now you have to figure out what the next level is. And again, so Leroy's kind of dumbfounded. He's he's more of a follower 
than a leader. He's more of a listener than a, a thinker. And he, he wants to know himself, well, how do I reach this final level? What do I have to do to, be, to, to get to the final level? And uh, the master says, you have to figure it out for yourself. But if you need help, go and find this other master. After a couple of times, he says, go and find this other master. If you find him, he will be the one who can teach you to what get to the last final level. Part of it is that Leroy has no confidence in that he is as good as he is. Yeah. He's not one of these typical super main characters who I am the best, I am the man, I am the complete and utter kick-ass superhero. He is very humble. He just thinks that he's alright, but he never thinks that he, he doesn't see the full potential of what he can do. Yeah, he's not aware of how good he is. He has a low self-esteem of himself. Which is a good thing on his part, because he's not, he doesn't let it get to his head. Anyway, that's enough about us being philosophical about the movie. So what happens is this. So the master gives him this gold pendant, which is funny because it's really his belt buckle to hold up his pants. And he gives him this gold pendant. He says, go and see the master, some young boy. He will be the one to teach you to get to the final level. So Bruce Leroy takes place in Harlem, and he goes to find this guy, some young boy. Some young boy... It so happens. Don't don't spoil it yet. We'll get into that in a bit. So okay. Get the wrestling going on because he's a little centric. He is like we said. He's humble. He acts r- like Bruce Lee. Even though he's from a he's, he he, he watches Bruce Lee movies his whole life. He wants to be Bruce Lee. He wants to live his life Bruce Lee. Meditates. Does kung fu like. It's funny. I think oh, he's by nuts. the way, I haven't mentioned this yet. He's black. He's not a white guy. If you haven't seen the movie yet, he's actually a black guy. Again, Harlem, New York, it makes sense. But he's a black martial artist who's like diesel in great shape and, you know, just does kung fu like no one else here is. Not as good as Bruce Lee. But in the same sense, like I said, that's because that's his idol. That's who he wants to be. But he's he's pretty damn good in his own right. And everyone so. thinks he's nuts because yeah. he acts like, you know, he acts like a child. this is the 80s Harlem. This is when people were like beatboxing or like... You know, getting into ciphers in the in the street and rapping, like that's what was in. You know, like 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 dancing to disco and stuff. So anyway, like I said, Leroy is different than everything that's going on around him now. People are into going out, certain types of clothes. He actually is a black guy. Every black guy dresses like as if they're Michael Jackson with one glove, with the <laughs> jacket, with the zippers, with the tight pants showing the socks. That's what they dress like. He dresses like a. Asian coolie. He dresses like one of the, the hats, straw hats with, with the, the straw hats with the just completely black as if he works in a rice field. That's how he dresses and people are dressing around like they're Michael Jackson girls dressed up like Madonna. It's big hair, the hairspray all over the place. Like that's he just doesn't fit. He doesn't go along. And everyone looks at him like he's kind of crazy, but he's doing his own thing. He's being an individual. And also he does have respect from his parents because he is doing something and he has respect because he teaches at a martial arts school also. Yeah, I don't know if many people know about the 80s, but in the 80s there was a lot of drug dealing, there was a lot of bad stuff going on that got cleaned up in New York now. But um, And with all the grindhouse places showing all the, you know, you had to have escapism at that point. Because you had theaters open 24-7 showing all these movies, all the midnight, actually all the old Kung Fu Shaw Brothers films all being shown. And it was kind of an escapism for him to escape from his reality almost. Was he would stop his training, he would stop his teaching, and he would go and he would watch Kung Fu movies. So at this one point, he goes to this Kung Fu film, and he's watching Bruce Lee, again his idol, and he's probably watched the movie a hundred times. And he goes there, and in walks in, just like we said about any other good Kung Fu movie, you have to have a, a, villain. a, a villain. In walks in the villain, and he says, Am I the baddest? Show sure enough! Am I the prettiest? True enough. 
Am I the baddest mofo around this town? town? Showing up. So anyway, this guy comes in. <laughs> He's like, how can I explain it? If you could imagine Shaft with a lot of hair <laughs> in a football pair of pads with a kimono on. And a tiger skin <laughs> And he's black. <laughs> so a black guy w- who looks like Shaft with like a big huge fro <laughs> in a kimono with football pads. <laughs> it's a very unique scene. He, he is, and he is the reverse Leroy. He, he is not humble. He thinks he's the shit. He thinks he's the man. He thinks he can kick everyone's ass. And he can for the most part. He's He plays dirty. He's just ruthless and evil and he thinks he's the shogun of New York he's got a bunch of followers and henchmen and he's heard around town that there's this guy Leroy Green who could kick his ass so he wants to fight Leroy who can catch bullets with his teeth bullets with his teeth <laughs> it's a great line in the movie you gotta watch it but anyway like I said this is a, a great and, film and, and in this f- part you see the yin and you see the yang you see the humble guy who wants to use kung fu for good, and you see the baddest guy who just wants to beat the hell out of you and take your money. Like it is not humble, but it would it would probably smack his own mama if you didn't make his breakfast right. So it's just the yeah, yin and yang. You he see wants to, them, yeah. and they get to the movie theater, and he sees that, that Leroy Green is there, and he challenges him to a fight. Anyway, he's, he's he's in the movie theater, and he's making a ruckus, and his crew's there. And the people are trying to watch the movie. So they get pissed off at him. And they decide, oh, I'm going to go beat this stupid retard up. The one guy who goes up there gets the shit kicked out no, of him. not the one guy. He beats the... the this guy showing up is no joke. Just you know, he, He's an asshole, but he, he, he's he got the kung fu skills to back up. He, he, starts, he starts beating the hell at a whole bunch of guys in the movie theater. But while he's fighting these other guys, Leroy takes the exit road and just leaves out the door. And Chonoff is not too happy about that. Yeah, so he continues to pester him later on, becomes a thorn in his side. Now, meanwhile, the other plot going on is that there's this guy who owns an arcade. His name's Eddie Arcadian. The Eddie Arcadian. He's a scumbag who his... He For ha- Q Gardens! Yes. And he has a girlfriend who is trying to make a music business, and he's trying to get her on this... There's this club called Seventh Heaven, which is run by Vanity, who... Her name in this is Laura Charles. Laura Charles. This is Charles. I would like to meet her. Yeah, and he's trying to get her on Seventh Heaven because he's like a TV VJ who you go to Seventh Heaven, you dance around, and then they'll show your video and you get popular. And he wants his girlfriend to get popular. So the plot is, is this, is that there's a plot with Leroy and with Shonoff. Now we go to the part with Eddie Arcadian. Eddie Arcadian has his girlfriend. And he has his stooge. And you can just tell that this guy is a bad guy. Like, if he doesn't get something he wants, he gets it anyway. <laughs> he makes people do what he wants them to do. So, um, he, he has his girlfriend who he thinks he's going to make her a big movie star because he loves her. And he wants her to be a movie star even though she's a horrible, horrible singer. And she can't hold a, a note or a beat for anything. And he wants her to go on this show. So, he approaches... The William H. Macy in the surprise role. Yeah, he approaches... Laura's her executive producer. Executive producer, manager, and he um, mm. tells him that they have to have a sit-down so that way she can get on the show. And he knows that the girl sucks. He knows that they don't want to have the girl on the show. It's going to drop breaks for the show. to do everything. So he tries nice to say, well, you know, maybe it's not going to work out. And he says, what do we not work out? And again... You see the bad guy image come in. And he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of power. So he says, no, she's going to get on the show whether you like it or not. So he, he approaches Laura and says, look, here's the tape. 
can you please get her on the show? They're gonna, and and Laura's like, no, she sucks. And he's like, look, he's gonna take my fingers if you don't get her on the show. Yep. So he can't get her on the show, and Eddie gets a little, he gets really pissed off about it, and he says, fine, she doesn't want to go out to eat. I tried being nice. So, Rocco, get her. Yeah. And at this time, what's really funny is there's this fish tank that they have inside of the guy's office, inside this uh, Eddie Arcane's office. The fish tank, there's like this murky, nasty, green swamp water. Like as if there was so much algae in the tank, you can't see anything. It just looks like, I don't even know, green pea soup. Anyway, they take this humongous pork leg and they put it inside of the of the tank and you see all the water splash around in bubbles and there's something in there. I don't know if it's a shark or a hundred piranha or what, but he pulls out just the bone. All the meat off the pork leg is gone and they're laughing and I guess that's like their secret weapon to they do that they do to people who hate them. But anyway, so he says, you know, I was gonna treat her nice, I was gonna take her to a fancy restaurant. Now I'm gonna bring her here and she's gonna do what I wanna do anyway. So as the plot thickens, Miss Charles Vanity is walking out of her of her studio and some guys show up in a limousine looking normally. She's like, Wait, you're not Charles, you're not the this guy. This is not this is not her driver. And they try to kidnap her and bring her to the Arcadian. And while she's walking down the street, who happens to be walking down the street? But Bruce Leroy. And he sees the damsel in distress, and just like the nice guy he is, he beats the shit out of these guys. And the funny thing is that no one would ever recognize this. Chaz Palmitary is one of the is the limo driver for the limo that's supposed to be driven there. And then these two other hoods and Leroy just kicks their ass and the girl's all super impressed with Leroy like oh wow thank you so much and she drops her purse picking himself out of her purse and when she looks up to see her savior he's gone disappeared out of her life but when he was there he dropped his golden amulet which he's supposed to give to some young boy and he's now looking for her because like oh god it is and also we forget that Vanity or Laura Charles has an admirer who is really into her, and that is Leroy's little brother, Richie. Leroy's little brother, Richie, is like, let's say Leroy is 18. Maybe 20? What you, how old would you say? Like 19, 20. Let's say 20 because he has his own studio. Yeah, okay, so, so let's say 20, 21. Anyway, he, he's, he's an uh, older, a young adult, okay? The brother is an adolescent. He's maybe 13, 14 years old, but he thinks that he's the man. He thinks he's a grown-up, but he's really a kid. He's short, he's little, he doesn't have a lot of muscle. And again, but he's in love with this huge star that works for this place. So he's like, as if your 13-year-old brother loved, I don't know, Britney Spears. It's like, okay, kid, come on, you're not going to get Britney Spears. But again, if he loves her or whatever, you know, so... He's popping, he thinks that his brother's a little chump. And he thinks his brother, even though he does cry, even though he does stuff, because he doesn't dress like the Michael Jackson, because he doesn't, like, you know, go out to clubs every night and party, that he's a weirdo, that there's something wrong with him, that he wants to be in the dance scene regular, he wants to be a normal person, he doesn't want to do his own thing. So, yeah. Kind of, after a little bit of meeting and this and that, Laura finds Leroy, and they start kind of hooking up, everything's being all good, but Leroy doesn't understand it, because he knows two things, martial arts and being nice. And watching Bruce Lee films, that's about it. <laughs> he doesn't know, so he goes to his brother, it's kind of that younger brother, older brother, like saying, hey, big bro, can you kind of teach me the moves again? And so we're like, hey, little brother, I don't know what to do. I'm, he's no, like, no, what happens is this, let me, let me, let me cut back, because Zan's kind of all over the place right now. The next morning, they wake up, they're having a family breakfast, uh, Papa Green, the guy who owns, they, by the way, are father-owned, the reason they have a pizza restaurant, and the brother's helping the pizza restaurant. So anyway, they're having breakfast, 
and they're watching TV, and on the TV, Laura Charles comes up, and and the kid, the 13-year-old, is like, oh, there's my baby, there's my girl, and Leroy sees her and realizes that she might have the amulet that he lost the night before. So he's like, oh, I would like to meet her. And then the brother gets really upset and jealous. He's like, no, you can't meet her. You're not going to talk to her. Anyway, so he wants to see her. And like at the time, he realizes that he doesn't really know anything. So he wants him to, to, to show how to get there. To, to, yeah. to, to paint with a paintbrush. He doesn't even have a paintbrush. Exactly. He's like, well, the thing is this. At first, Leroy only wants to see her just to get the amulet back. But after he sees her, she makes a move and kisses him, and he doesn't know what to do. He's just like, wow, my gosh. And the thing is, Laura Charles, she's usually sees guys who are all into her, all like, oh, you're so beautiful, so this, that. And Leroy, being, you know, kind of into his own world, <laughs> doesn't even realize that she's beautiful, that she wants anything. And, um, uh, yeah, so the two of them land up hooking up, land up making out, and Leroy's excited, but he, he doesn't know what to do. Again, he's kind of nervous. Yes, and... While this is going on, Eddie Arcade is hired muscle, finds about Leroy. Leroy... Well, the reason he hired muscle is this, is that the henchmen that were supposed to get Laura Charles back... Get her. Came, came home, and they got their ass kicked, and, you know, he's like, oh, so he wants to play tough. He's got a security guard. Fine, I'll play tough. So he hires all these guys to go get her, regardless of how many people are protecting Laura Charles. So they take her back to Eddie's headquarters. He's trying to hit, like... Show her the video, make her understand. Leroy comes in, kicks everyone's Rocco's ass, everyone's ass, and then he proceeds to put Eddie Arcadia in the tank, which freaks him out. He's like, yeah, "Oh, you want?" He thinks that he's gonna die because he goes in the fish tank. So Eddie now has wants revenge against Leroy. And he says, "I need to find someone who can kick his ass." So he goes and starts hiring right, more henchmen. So he, what he does is this: is that he, he goes and starts hiring people like the big dude, with the the fat guy with the mohawk who looks like Dynamo from Running Man, yeah, who the eats with the, the, with the um, uh, nunchucks. No, oh, the guy who's uh, barks like a dog. Yeah, he doesn't like, speak. He's like, it's <laughs> like you're hired. Yeah. And then Shonuff shows up and just like, I don't want your money. I just want Leroy. Yeah, because the other thing is that we kind of forgot something too. Anyway, to make a long story short. So there's the three plots. The plot is that Shogun hates Leroy. Eddie Arcadian hates Leroy. <laughs> Le Laura Charles loves Leroy. They steal Laura Charles to get Eddie Arcadian's show on, on TV. Laura Charles still says no, but they have her hostage, so Leroy goes to go get her. When he goes to go get her, um, Eddie Arcadian has it set up. So that way, there's going to be a big showdown. All the goons, all the hired thugs have to kind of stop Leroy. He beats all those guys it's up. It's a very cool get, fight yeah, sequence. In a very, very, very awesome fight sequence. Oh, and um, we forgot one thing, though. Well, you were going to say it before, though. Yeah, what he had found was, some young guy. So what happens is this, is that, again, there's the three parts of the movie. It's it's hard to explain, but I'm... Uh, yes, he finds out where Sam Young Goy is. He's in a... Uh, in a Chinese food restaurant. Uh, no, bakery. A Chinese bakery. They're making fortune cookies. And the three guys... Three... three supposedly Sam Young Goy is such a smart and wise master that he puts the fortunes in people's fortune cookies. Because, again, the, the whole idea is that Leroy is trying to get to the final level. So, when they look and find out... Who, like, Leroy wants to, wants to break in to find Sam Young Goy... And he can't, so he, um... Uh, he acts all ghetto. <laughs> he breaks in, and he finds out that some young boy is actually a computer. That the guys, rather than having someone hand-write fortunes, 
just to make business faster, kind of like mass production, they have a computer that just spits out, let's say, 10 random fortune cookies, and every fortune cookie gets a random fortune. And that's it. Like, And he's like, but some new a computer, how can it teach me to get to the final level? When the whole time, the master wants him to realize that it's almost like when you watch Kung Fu Panda, the final level is within you. It's that you have to realize that you are the, the very best, the top master, and that's when you realize you reach the final level, when you realize how good you are. But he doesn't realize it yet at this point. So, okay, kind of full circle here, just like the movie. By the way, another part we forgot to mention is that halfway through the movie, Shonuf had gone to Leroy's school and challenged him at the school to fight him and he would not fight him for the challenge. He just would say, no, I'm not going to fight you. And he even held one of his kids hostage, but he still just kissed his shoe and showed that, like, you know, you're better than me, whatever. But he doesn't want him to say he's better than him. Shonoff actually wants to fight him, to beat him, to show that he's better than him. He doesn't want him to say that he's better than him. So at the end of the movie, like I said, the, the, all the plots come together. He goes to save Lord Charles. He fights through the henchmen. After he fights the henchmen, he has to fight Shonoff. Shonoff is the final strongest piece that, you know, Eddie Arcadian got. And so, Eddie's taking Laura Charles. He's holding. He's, he wants to watch them fight because he wants to see this guy who beat up all his people get his ass whooped fight. Yeah, so he's holding her at gunpoint. Richie has been kidnapped and he got out and now he's just being locked up. And now it's just the final fight sequence. And it's an amazing fight sequence because... Leroy gets a couple of good hits in, but for the most part, Shonoff is kicking his ass. And then, suddenly, Shonoff... Well, this is the the only problem with it being an 80s movie. This is the only part that gets cheesy now. At the time, it was probably pretty cool. They have, like, these fake lights or something that they put on the guy's hands. No, we gotta talk about the glow. We gotta talk about the glow. They call it the glow. And what happens is that Leroy is at first beating up Shonoff pretty bad. But, like, the thing is... Shonoff thinks he's the best. So because he's the best, he has a power called the glow, which means that, like... When you reach that final level. When you reach the final... And it's part of the song, which is pretty funny. When you reach the final level, your 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 body and soul will become so powerful, your body will glow. Essentially and a chi a attack. Exactly. And, it, and it's funny because it's also one of the Bruce Lee movies that you watch during the during the show. And Shonoff has reached this final level, and he actually... His, his, his hands glow red. And Leroy's like, oh my god, he has the glow, he's going to kick my ass, and doesn't know what to do, and, and Shonoff is beating him up. And well, with a cock eye, because he's got a black eye, <laughs> black eye from Leroy jump-kicking him, and, and he looks like he's freaking retarded, which is kind of funny, he's like, he kind of like has that, you know, like one eye looking one way, like... Yeah, it's pretty, and again, it's, it's an interesting scene, you got to watch it, but... Yeah. So... He's drowning Leroy, and they say that, you know, right before you die, your whole life flashes before you, and it goes to flashbacks through the movie, and during the movie, you know, the master says, I have taught you everything I could teach you, you've reached the final level. But there's you know, like one and, place and, and where And then there's can... another flashback where the, the lady says, you look like a master to me, and then there's uh, another flashback where his brother goes, you know, you teach all that kung fu, like, what are you, you going to do about it? Finally, he realizes that he, he is the master, that he has reached the final level, and then Leroy starts to glow, and just like Ying and Yang, showing up is glowing red, Leroy's glowing gold, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty cool fight sequence, and we could go with the last that, that last scene between him and Eddie, but I think we should leave that alone, even though because they said it was the last decision, because originally it was going to be something else. Mm. Now, if you listen to commentary, the commentary is really cool. They actually explained that originally they had a different ending in mind altogether. It was going to be the typical Bruce Lee 
catching it. Well, Inside they said, oh crap, we don't have the money to do it. <laughs> we don't have the time. We have like three hours left. So what if we, yeah, we'll do it like that. Nice. Bring it back full circle with it. Yeah, so like he said, is that um, at the end, he finally beats Shonov. And Eric Kane's like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? He beats Shonov. He wants the girl. He's going to come get my ass. Pulls out a gun. And he's like, okay, a forty-five is going to an end to all this kung fu crap. And he shoots Bruce Leroy. And you think, oh my god, he's dead. That's it. It's the end of the movie. And he flips over. And Bruce Leroy caught the bullet with his teeth. And it's funny because Shonov was making fun of him. Saying, oh yeah, he can catch bullets with his teeth. This is bullshit. This guy's garbage, whatever. He did. He caught the bullet with his teeth. And <laughs> Eddie Arcade doesn't know what to do. He puts him up on a, cane, on, a, on, a on a big lift. And the cops come arrest Eddie Arcadia, and he, and he goes away with the girl, and they live happily ever after. And, yeah, and, yeah. But again, this movie—if you watch it from beginning to end—being that it's an '80s movie, like it doesn't have the the, the cinema photography, it doesn't have the pr- pr- production uh, value. production value that a movie now would have. However, the plot, the movie itself. Still is awesome. To this day, I can still sit there. If that's one of those movies that when you see it on TV, you're like, oh, Shemison and watches. You can see it yesterday, the day before. You will sit and you'll yeah, watch so you'll, the movie again. Yeah, you'll that's watch it again. And there are so many good things about it. And the soundtrack is one of the major things. Like, it's because it's Barry Gordy, who was the guy who did Motown Records. There are a lot of bands in it. You have a lot of stuff that, like, Vanity has a song in it. There's actually the a, has a song seven in it. minute music section of the movie where they don't have any people talking. They're just watching music pretty much. Like multiple times. Chico yeah. DeBarge is one scene, the other scene where it was like Stevie a fire, yep. it was a Stevie Wonder. So there's, there's like, again, there's it, there's so much going on in this movie for the 80s. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's 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 got it all. It really does have it all. And it's just, the music is very well done. The song actually done by Barry Gordy itself. The Last Dragon, I think, is one of the better scenes in the glow. Yeah. Because you have the whole Bruce Lee in, in the background, the whole thing you see... Uh, Leroy just looking at the screen it's like wow and that that's a Chinese connection yeah uh, I have to say like dude if you watch this movie you'll be uh, well it depends if you like kung fu movies you will like this movie if you do not like kung movies if you like chick flicks if you like you know just sit there and wait all week for Grey's Anatomy you probably will not like this movie but if you're a guy, if you have hair on your balls, you will probably like this movie. Or if you're a really cool chick, if you like sitting there and watching football with your man, then you'll probably like this chick. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. So, before we forget, there is one thing we really didn't cover, and it's kind of important. And that is the fights in general in this movie. Now, there's six fight scenes in Last Dragon, and it was, and each one are different in all the different ways. I mean, you have the first fight, which is, of course, the training sequence with his master... You get the fight scene in the movie theater. You have the fights, the two different fight scenes with the, the thugs. Fight in the dojo where he gets his ass kicked. In my opinion, the best fight in the last fight is the fight he actually fights with Shonov. Because the thing is, like, with all the other fights, Leroy is good, but he's not the best. Whereas at the end, you realize how good he really is. And, like, he starts with the glow, and it's just pretty bad. So in my opinion, the last fight would show up as the best fight. That's what everyone's been waiting for. That's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be on now. It's fine. No, I agree. It it shows, like, because he starts off where he's actually outclassed for most of it because he's afraid to do what he does. He's afraid to actually get to his own douche thing. Yeah, and all, but the only thing which sucks is you have to admit that some of the fight moves that Shonoff did were kind of lame. Like, he does the bitch slap. Well, either way, it's like... He does the old man roll, the somersault to throw him. Yeah, but it's still something where um, if it works, then it works and it's effective. Now, worst fight scene, in my opinion, 
was probably the fight scene where Leroy fights the, the thugs when he um, uh, saves Laura Charles the first time. Because in that fight scene, like, there's some parts where he doesn't really even do anything and the guys are just like, oh, oh, you hurt me so bad, oh my god, oh. Yeah, and then later so they run to the boss section, there were ten of them, they had chains. They, 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 the boss, there was, there, was, there was 30, 40 of them, and they had chains and guns and guards. And, yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. And, and then one guy comes and looks all their asses. Yeah. Yep, and then later on he shows up. Now, before the final thing is the glow itself. We didn't really touch the upon the glow. And the glow is, you know, you could say it is that chi, it's the chi, it's the inner, that inner strength. And you have that fight where when you have, in that last fight, when Shonuff is empowered with the glow, he is literally like, just like, Leroy just like, shit his pants when he sees him. He's like, yeah, playtime's over, boy. Yeah. And he beats the shit out of him. But I'd say, yeah, well, I think that the glow is, again, a cheesy 80s movie effect. But um, uh, the idea of it is pretty cool because they show at one point that in a Bruce Lee movie, he had, like, a similar thing going on. And, like, the way that Leroy has it is similar to what was in a Bruce Lee movie. So, again, it, it, it goes from cheesy to kind of cool to kind of cheesy. But that's pretty much what Last Dragon is. It's a movie that's sort of cheesy but you still like it because it's that good cheesy it's sort of like when Rocky music duh, 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 you, sometimes you can't help but smile when you hear the Rocky music well, like yeah. you try not to you try to fight it like no I'm not going to smile <laughs> but you still smile no, yeah when you hear, like, and, and, the, and, yeah, you, when, you hear when you see him he grabs and he's like he's like he's like let me go motherfucker and he still tries to fight which was which a lot of fight movies don't come movies don't do they just skip the okay soup the protagonist he's super strong now he's gonna beat the shit out of him maybe the guy got won it nah you see Shonoff still has say he still tries to do it he gets a couple moves off but overall but still it's Bruce Leroy bitch with his with the yellow glow so that's well anyway uh, now, for me personally, best move in the movie, I'm going to have to say, even though because I like punches, I'm generally, I like punches more for that, is I like when Leroy is actually going around and he does the multiple fists to Shona's face and actually hurts him where he gets the bruise on his face. Yeah, I think in my move, in my opinion, the best move is that there's one part in uh, um, Enter the Dragon of Bruce Lee, which you see clips of it during Last Dragon. He will actually, he runs full force and he goes forward and he kicks and the guy flies back and like hits the other guys and falls down and in Last Dragon Bruce Lee does the same exact run slow motion jumps up and kicks and he kicks shown off into the water that's probably the best move now the worst move I think in Bruce Lee Roy's movie is there's one part in the training scene where like there's this white dummy sitting there and he does like this slow roll and he like does this really gay like kind of flip onto the He's like his his head is down, and his feet go up and kick the guy. He's like whoa! He's like trying to punch the guy's leg. And you're like, dude, that shit looks so retarded. I'd beat the guy's ass and do that to me, but it's pretty funny. No. Anyway, yep. So, yep. So that's so anyway. Let's for me personally, last worst fight, first move is still gonna be showing off bitch slap. I mean, because it's, it's it's good, <laughs> but he's just like it's like ah, oh, who's the master? <laughs> It's like, really? So you, you have so many moves, you're kicking his ass, you're going to bitch slap? I got to bitch slap him, yeah, but again. Yep, yep. We could talk more about the martial arts in this movie, but it's a movie you should see for yourself. You should. Oh, the martial arts kick ass, by the way. Yep. This guy, like, I'll tell you, Timac, is that his name? Yeah. He must be really into freaking Kung Fu in the first place, because he was no joke. He kicked a lot of people. No, and there were some scenes that were similar to Bruce Lee, where you see him moving in the same way, and it might have been just how the camera had done it, but he looked. Yeah, like I said... Either way, it was a it's a good movie to watch. 
It is, it is. So now, let's get into that part. Now, since this is a theme month, we always do something different for each one. We decide to make some new ratings. Because we don't use numbers or stars. We or don't do thumbs up. We don't do, oh, you got three rotten tomatoes. We don't do none of that we shit. Use we use phrases. We use our own phrases. We got our own shit done. So let's That's why you listen to the Spyrocam movie review. That's why. Yep. So here are our new ratings we have. Now, our lowest rating is now going to be... Your soul is mine. Ever, again, this Mortal Kombat stuff, but still, you know, it's it's, it's it works. It's, that it's, means it's the movie so, is terrible. Yeah, that means that this is not worth you know a nickel you pay for. So this is the movie is terrible. It is just a complete mess. It's a movie which you will lose your soul watching. A perfect example of this would be if you're watching if you're watching an instructional video for two year olds how to do kung fu. No, that like, guy, no like, that crazy guy, the crazy guy, with the twenty foot rule. Yes. 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 In, in YouTube, there's a guy with a 20 foot rule where he, he goes, "If you're within 20 feet, you you'll, you'll be dead if you come near me." And he goes, and he's like, sort of like in my Python, he's running, and he thinks that no matter who you are, if you're within 20 feet of him, that you'll die if you get near him. He thinks he's a weapon of death. But if you watch that, that guy, your soul is mine. Get over here, you're done. Yes. Please. Next one is you suck. You suck. Boot to the head. Yeah, we'll do that. Pretty much, this is it's, it's got one to. redeeming factor. Maybe you have a good gimmicky movie. Maybe Sonny Chiba's in it for a minute. Mm. So, for example, uh, Kong Pao, which is pretty, like, it's just, you know, comic. That's it. There's no real kung fu value to Kung Pao. Um, you know, that's, you suck boot to that, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, that the, the, the what is it, what's new Pussycat starring that, um, Woody <laughs> Allen, Woody time. Allen. <laughs> Oh, retard boy. Okay. Uh, yes, who, who married Sun Yi? Married Sun Yi. Yeah. Yes. Well, he. Don't it's it's like that. It's like that movie. So then we have our middle of the ground, which is a two-hit combo. Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. These are just your average Shaw Brothers movies, from anything from Golden Fist to uh, whatever. Then, Sonic Boom is like you know you'd watch it once. It's all right. It's okay. Yes. Then you have our. Almost highest, which is going to be. It's like when you're about to get your ass ripped, and then you come back to life and beat the hell out of the guy who thought he was going to take you down, and then you beat his ass. That's because that's because that movie rocks. It's pretty good. Um, you would buy it on DVD. That's what that yes, is. this is totally worth it. And there's so many movies that you could say are worth it. And then there's our highest one, which is. Don't mess with with Kenshiro, man. Kenshiro's awesome, but this is the best of the Says best. Some. <laughs> so yeah, flawless victory is our highest rating. So anyway, our ratings go: your soul is mine, which is the lowest rating. You suck, which is boot to the head. Two it combo, which is all right. It means you know decent to watch once. Combo breaker, which means okay, I'd actually buy some DVD. And flawless victory means like anytime you see it on, stop what you're doing, watch the movie. It's fucking awesome. So um. I'm giving it a flawless victory. I agree. I have to give this a flawless victory. This movie is amazing. It is well done. It's artistic. It's got great soundtrack. Got great, some great cinematography. It doesn't. It does age okay because it, it, most kung fu movies I they're not going to age well. I think that's the only drawback I'd have to this movie is that like some of the stuff like if you watch the old Star Wars, they said they used to put a sneaker instead of like an X-wing fighter for so like they really you know they were very very inventive in the 80s in trying to make you know special effects but they just really weren't good at it so it's something where like you have to realize that it was done um, almost 
on a shoestring budget. Ago, yeah, almost 20 years ago. Well, I don't know. $10 million is still a decent amount of money. But again, almost 20 years ago, and it's some... Um, uh, I still... I still say... And the funny thing is this, for the people who listen to Aspire Kim Movie Review, I've never given a movie this high of a... Of a rating. Of a rating before. This is my only movie, like I said, because this is a movie that I think that probably... 80% of the people who listen to Spire Can Review probably have this on DVD. Yes, you do. And if you don't have this on... Yeah, yeah if you haven't watched this, like, Get seriously, you, you're, you know... Um, uh, yeah, go to your Best Buy now and buy. Just just take this. If you're listening to an iPod or Zoom, take your iPod, get in the car, drive to to Best Buy, and buy it. Yeah, because I feel like you're you're really missing out. Like, I feel like, you know, part of your childhood shit was taken away... And um, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you should go and watch it. Yeah, and if you're one of the newer generation, you are missing out on a great movie. It's it's got that timeless quality, which works for it because it's a it's a story of a guy who doesn't believe in himself, who comes to realize that he is better than he is as good as everyone says he is. Put it this way: if you've ever seen a Bruce Lee movie and you've liked the Bruce Lee movie, you will love Last Dragon. That's that's how I'm gonna close this up. Yes, definitely worth it. Definitely, completely. I have to agree. It's a truly momentous movie. It's one of those movies you just can't... You just can't... Alright, so let's wrap this up, Dan. Let's, let's do it. Okay, so... Anyway, so with that in mind, I guess it's it for this episode. This is our first... Oh, we gotta do the, um, no, 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 we're gonna do it. But this is our first entry in our month, so don't worry. We got a lot more stuff going on. A lot of stuff. We got some really good titles coming up. And I'm really into uh, Kung Fu and uh, Boobs, so it's gonna be... Uh, I'm gonna be coming back a lot this month. Yes, we're gonna have some fun with it, and we got so many good Kung Fu movies coming out. I mean, it's not just those typical meh movies. We're talking... We got some good stuff going on. But we should get into that part we've all been waiting for. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one... That only the dodecahedron of movies catches bullets with his teeth. So this is gonna be good because we have a lot of stuff going on. We have some really good titles this month. There's a lot of funny lines in this movie, by the way. I didn't get a chance to go into all of them, but uh, the guy at the arcade, he's got this stooge. And one of the funniest things I think is in this is in this movie is that uh, the stooge. Like he's his um uh, his his bodyguard, his protector. He's like this big, like kind of dumb looking like white guy. And um, uh, he used to be a boxer, I guess. And then he goes, oh well, you know, if you got me a chance, if you got me a couple fights, uh, he goes, I didn't get your fights, Rock. And the guy's name is Rock. He goes, you lost a ball, Rock. He goes, they called you the Great White Hopeless, Rock. And I have to say, if that doesn't make you laugh, if that's not funny, I don't know what will. So yeah. Yes. No. And we got some. Now we got some good. You tell Zan thought it was hilarious, but yeah, oh, yeah. Funny. no, it was hilarious. It was Rock was one of the better parts. He was just a dumb goon, but he was, he was, he was good. He wasn't. Was funny. He, so, so now, don't I care? of twelve side objects. What we don't have signed. 12 movies to this 12 side object because usually we, we do something different but this is how it's going to work. We're going to roll Don't Take Care of Movie we're going to our lands and that's reviewing the next episode of the Spockin Movie Review in the second month of Karate, Kempo, and Kung Fu Masters. And, and we got some good titles. I mean, we have the original Sonny Chiba Street, Street Fighter. Fighter where you have a guy get punched so hard and eye, his eye pops out. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. So what else we got? We got Drunken Master, Only Strong, Five Deadly Venoms, Rumble in the Bronx, Game of Death, Iron Monkey, Kung Fu Panda, Duel to the Death, Karate Kid, and Kickboxer. Yeah, so mostly good movies except for, well, I don't know, John claude Van Damme? Hey, we'll leave it for the review. 
Okay. I don't know. Just John Clavin. So why don't you roll for the? Again, those are still classes. All right. Let's see. All right. So the dodecahedron of power. Ooh. So in the next episode of the Spire, can we review we're reviewing a movie well starring John Claude Van Damme? John Claude Van Damme. And is this the movie the that made French box kicks box Is this the movie that made him into a a, a, a has been into a drunk, uh, you know, hooker loving male? Yeah, that seems so. Yeah, probably. Yes, and what are we talking about? We're talking about Kickboxer, uh, another '80s movie actually, yeah. and Ogre from Vengeance Nerds is in it. Yes. That's his bestest friend, Ogre. Doesn't he get kickboxers on TV every doesn't day? Doesn't he get killed in that? I don't remember. I haven't doesn't seen. He get killed. He gets put in the hospital. And, but then isn't the bad guy the Muay Thai guy wearing his uh... his band? And, yeah, this, okay, it's it's actually a decent. You've seen it. That's impressive. I remember it vaguely. You, you've seen it. Then, then, then it's, it's, it's 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 all there. So yes. Cool. So that's it for this episode. So next so kickboxer. So thank you for listening to this. And Ogre from Nerd. Nerd. Yes. So that's it for this episode of the Sparkin Movie Review. This is Zorro! What is this? <laughs> Think, Leroy! You have just opened a fortune cookie without a fortune. Written by a master who does not exist. To find a solution to a problem whose answer you already know. And this? You needed a charm. A true master would use this to hold up his pants. <laughs> and this is your host, Zahn, for the Spyrokin Movie Review. And my fair quote from Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon is going to be... Who's the master? I can't hear you, Leroy! Drown him! I'm quite safely and drown him! Who is the master? There is one place that you have not looked, and it is there. Only there that you shall find the master. You sure look like a master to me. All right, Leroy. Who's the one and only master? I. I. Am. You are the. So, thank you for listening, and we are Gonsville. Catch you next time.
Yes, we are one. going to be joined by the Nicholas. Yay! Say hi to everybody, Nikki. Say hi. And he got a lollipop, so he's Yes, good. he has a lollipop, yes. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Shogun! The Shogun of Harlem.